Hello and welcome to the Run the Day podcast. I'm your host, Nick Simmons. With me as always is our co-host, hey, it's Kamala. Kamala. How are you? I'm doing good. Guys, so we've got over 30 episodes of me hosting it. And I thought, you know what's great is Kamala. She brings Aww. a totally different perspective. She asks <laughs> unique you. questions. We got to get her on and asking the guest questions. So today is our first one with Cam co-hosting. Our first are one. Are you nervous? Are you excited? I'm nervous. I'm, I'm excited, nervous, and just grateful for the opportunity. What a great one to get started with. Natalie Jill. Yeah. is the like epitome of a renaissance woman. She's good at everything. She's a fitness instructor. She's a motivational speaker. Yeah. She has an absolute empire. And I want to really dig in on the entrepreneurial side, but I know you've got a lot of why she does the thing that she does that you're going to ask her. Totally. That's my favorite part. I mean, behind her story and what she's created is a time where she hit rock bottom and how she got out is what created this empire now. And I'm so captured by that intrigued and just excited to hear her vulnerability. Absolutely. I can't wait, but a, a one more quick notification for our listeners. You can now find this podcast on YouTube, yeah. go to YouTube, type in run gum or type in run the day and you will yep. find it and you can watch it live too. Yeah. And so. you know what? Also you guys, this is a podcast that's going to change you. It's going to help you. So if we could ask, if you could just share it with one friend, one friend that comes into mind um, while you're listening at listening to it. That'd be awesome. And this is one you're going to want to share. Like I said, Natalie Jill, she is a true Renaissance woman. Wait till you hear what she has to say without further ado. Here she is, Natalie Jill. All right, here she is coming to us from San Diego, California. It's Natalie Jill. Natalie, how are you? I'm terrific. So glad to be here. Oh, thank you so much for joining us. How is San Diego today? San Diego today is sunny, but we've had about a month of rain. I'm starting to want my sunshine tax refund. Isn't, isn't that why you live in Southern California? For yeah. the sunshine? And we've, had, we've had all Pacific Northwest weather for the last uh, month. Yeah, we've wow. got the sunshine up here. So we stole it from The past yeah. two days. Yeah. But before that, we had some crazy uh, lots snow. Of snow. The weather just winter has just been nuts. Yeah. Yeah. We have so much to talk about. We got to jump right in. You are just a renaissance woman. Everything you do just is A plus from the podcast to your Instagram, the website. You're an author. I mean, I I don't even know where to start. Cam, what do you think we should dig into here? I want to start out by hearing your background and your story. I really feel like that's what led to where you are today. So I would love for you just to kick it off and uh, share us the start of where where it kind of hit. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you, I've got two stories, Cam, and we were talking offline before we started recording, but I've got two stories of really massive failure that led to success. So I'm going to start with the first story because I think listeners will probably relate to this. I think so many times people try to hide failures or they're embarrassed by them or they're not public with them. They think they've been wrong. But I think being really vulnerable and honest about failures is what helps you break through. And there's a commonality with a lot of successful people with failures. So I'll take you back about 11 years ago. I was a new mom. Uh, my daughter, who's 11 now, so I was a, I was a new mom, uh, which is nothing unique. But what was unique is I was recently getting a divorce. So while I was pregnant, my marriage was not working out. I was getting a divorce. And this is the same time, uh, if you think back to 2009, around that area, the housing market had crashed, the stock market had crashed. Uh, this, we were in a financial nightmare. The whole economy was, at least in the United States. And I was right in the middle of all of that. So here I am, new single mom, going through a divorce. Uh, housing market had crashed, stock market had crashed. I was losing my house and I knew I was going to have to take, I was in corporate America, take a voluntary demotion because my job required me to travel full time and that wasn't going to work with a newborn at home. 
So I had what I felt like at the time, my world crashing down. And when it really got bad was I remember, and I remember this day so specifically, I was walking my baby and my two dogs and I caught this glimpse of myself in, you know, those windows where you can see a mirror reflection. I caught a glimpse of myself and I, I remember looking and not even recognizing myself. I was thinking, looked at myself and I was like, gosh, I've gained a lot of weight, which because I was eating a lot and not working out because I was pregnant and feeling depressed because of my situation not the pregnancy situation, but my life situation, was eating a lot. I literally looked at myself. I did not recognize who I'd become. I'd gained a lot of weight, a lot of weight. And I remember just looking and going, thinking to myself, anyone that walked by me right now or drove by me would think, wow, she's got her life together. She's got two dogs, a baby. She's walking in a nice neighborhood. And I just remember feeling super fake. Like they would think I have my life together, but I... I'm so depressed right now. I don't even know what I'm going to do with myself. I don't know how I'm going to be a good mom. I don't know how I'm going to support myself. And just being really in my own personal rock bottom in that moment. Wow. And that was my low point. Then. I mean, the double whammy, right? Of a single parent and the divorce and everything else. But not only that, there were, there were outside factors you couldn't control, like mm -hmm. the economy just no. tanking, you know? And it's just like, no. a, not even a triple whammy. This is like a quadruple whammy all at once in the worst yeah. economic period in the last however many yeah. decades. And some people remember it very clearly listening. And then you've got some young listeners, I'm sure, that don't even know what that, what that was like. But to give you a, a bird's eye view, for those of you that didn't live through that, you know, housing, it was really a strong thing to buy houses and be investing in houses and use your home equity to pay for more. You know, that was that was what was going on. And it was like people were crazy to rent. Everyone should be buying. You should be buying. And mm -hmm. I had Fed done the it the right way. Yeah, I had put a lot of money into my house and to a house that I really couldn't afford, but I was doing the responsible thing and putting the 20% down and all those things. And all of a sudden, the housing market had tanked so bad that I owed more than I had finance. You were underwater. And I was completely underwater and all the money I put in was gone. And with the economy so bad, it was really challenging to refinance. You mm -hmm. couldn't just refinance. So, so I had to make credit, a hard credit decision. Credit wasn't available. No. So I made a hard decision to literally stop paying my mortgage. Yeah. And um, that's what really made things escalate even worse because I remember learning that I was at that time $1.4 million of debt. And just imagine wow. what that feels like. Well, like you're already imagine. in your rock bottom and you hear your $1.4 million debt. Like I didn't even have it the slightest imagination of how I was going to fix my life. That's a financial rock bottom. Yeah. Yeah. It Natalie, was, it was, a, it was mess. Misery loves company. So I, I want to just let you know that you weren't the only one in it. I had <laughs> just graduated college. I was literally reading all of the same articles. I read a book that said why it's not a stock market, why it's not a housing boom uh, bubble mm -hmm. and it won't burst and, and you know, you'll continue to make money. I, I read this in 2005. I bought my first house in 2006. In 2008, yeah. I was underwater. And so many Americans yeah. were, we were all being fed this advice that, you know, the housing market can never go down. And we were all excited that yeah. to make millions in the real estate market. And it's, you know, it's, it's got its totally. as well. Totally. Totally. So, so, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm just like, I yeah. feel so stressed out for you 11 years ago. I just, yeah. just taking all that in, yeah. you know, it's hard yeah. enough when you're underwater and your finances aren't where you want them, but to have a child that's dependent on you, how did you claw your way out of that? Right. So what happened was, you know, the ego has a funny way of self-fixing itself when ego gets too big. And I'll tell you, before this happened to me, I did have a huge ego. You know, I was that person. I was in corporate America. I always had the great job. I got married when I was supposed to. I had the kid when I was supposed mm -hmm. to. I never had debt. Like, I had that ego around that. Like, how do people have debt and credit cards? Like, I just didn't understand it. So it's funny how when you get too caught up in an ego, things will self-correct. And that is what happened to me. So I, I get that now. I get why this all happened for me, not just to me. Mm -hmm. And um, so 
So that moment looking at myself and realizing who am I, who is this person? Like, is this what happens? You know, you get to be this age and you just gain weight and you get depressed. And is this just what I have to look forward to? And I went home and I remember putting my daughter down for a nap and really sitting with, is this the life that I'm going to settle for? And I decided that what I used to do in corporate America was I empowered people. You know, I was a sales director and I empowered people to go for goals and to create visions and to make things. I would, I would work with a sales rep on what's the income that they want to create or what's the, the goal that they've got for their, you know, what are they intending to sell? And I would help them walk out backwards. Like what's the vision? What does that feel like when you get there? And what's the plan to put in place? So I thought to myself, if I did that in corporate for people, why can't I do that to myself right now? And as weird as that might sound to someone listening, that's what I started with. And at the but it's, time, it's usually um, challenging, you know, it's easy to yeah. give other people advice. It's hard to follow that advice yourself. Yeah. So I remember I turned on TV and Oprah was on and they, she was featuring the secret <laughs> the, um, yeah, the, that was big at the time. And they talked about vision boards. So I made a vision board. That's the very first thing I did. I started grabbing magazines and I started tearing out just anything that would make me happy. And I, I put pictures of ocean and fit women. And I wasn't in fitness at the time, but fit women, um, covers of magazines, happy families. I just put anything that was appealing to me. And I made this vision board and I stared at it. And what hit me at that moment was if I can't evoke a feeling in me of what success and happiness feels like right now, then maybe if I stare at this vision board and pretend like I'm the person living at that, I will evoke those feelings. And that sound, might sound cheesy to someone, but that's literally what I did. And that was what I started with. And I started staring at my vision board, like thinking if I was the person living in this vision board, what would I be doing? Like if, there, if I was that fit girl, how would I be eating? How would I be spending my time? What would I be doing with my body? What would she be doing? And I would stare at that ocean picture like, okay, if I lived at the beach, what would I be doing? And I would drive to the beach and walk at the beach just because that's what was on my vision board. And I started digging into nutrition and fitness and studying because I wanted to be the girl on the vision board. And I started taking and creating habits of what that person in the vision board would be doing. And that's literally how my life started to shift. And wow. my business formed by accident because of that. And let me explain. When you're being, re like I mentioned at the beginning, when you're being vulnerable and real to what's going on in your life, things start to shift in your favor, really. But when we try to hide it, that's when the problem is. So I um, decided I was going to go on this journey of getting healthy and fit. And I went on Facebook. And at the time, I had like my 100 high school friends. I didn't have the 2 million people on Facebook I have now. I had literally 100 high school friends. And I posted on there. And I said, I'm in a, I don't even remember exactly what I wrote, but something to the fact that I'm in my downward spiral. I'm not feeling good about myself, but I'm changing things right now. I'm going to start posting here every day what I'm eating to be accountable. And um, this is what I'm doing. And I shared it. And what was crazy is I was literally like taking pictures of my food every day. I was the original like what I'm eat poster. And I would put it on Facebook and people loved it. They were like, I want to eat what's in that. So I started like sh literally sharing my food for accountability and what I was doing. And people started following. And that led to my very first product, which uh, was a it's such a joke when I look at it now. It was from my BlackBerry phone. I made a PDF recipe book that I sold for $10. <laughs> I love it. BlackBerry, <laughs> so, Blackberry, I yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, like my, this, I had like an asparagus soup that looked like throw up on there, but people bought it. Yeah. And that was like my first case of like internet marketing, right? Like people were buying my recipes. And then what was happening is my body was changing. And at the time, you know, I'm in my late, later 30s at the time, I, my body starts changing. People are seeing that. And everyone's like, well, how did you put these recipes together? So I sat down another weekend and I wrote what's now my best-selling book, Seven Day Jumpstart. Mm -hmm. And oh. I wrote it in a weekend. 
and I told my story, like I just told you, I shared how to make a vision board. I did all those things I just went walk through. And then what I had learned about eating. And I shared that in the book and it took off. Like people wanted to know what this was. They were buying it. And I didn't know anything about internet marketing or like, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I just knew I was adding a value and helping people. And I was charged, I think I charged like $35 for this seven day jumpstart ebook at the time. But what was cool is people were buying it, they were getting massive results. And then they would message me and like, Oh my gosh, your seven day jumpstart, I lost, you know, all this weight. This is, I feel so great. I have my confidence back. And I would screenshot and share that with their permission. And I'd say like, Oh my gosh, look at Jenny, like she look what she sent me, she did this. And I'd write who is next. Wow. And that literally took off. And yeah. that product like just went crazy. And it that launched my whole business and my whole brand. Incredible That's story. So cool. So what was it like, Natalie? Like you leaned into these things that changed your life forever. And now people were outside. People were leaning into things that were making them their better self. What was it like hearing those stories and knowing you were affecting change in other people's lives? Yeah. You know, it felt really good. It felt really good. I loved it. And I, I feel the reason my business took off and did so well initially is it was super uh, focused on what was in it for them like the benefit and what I, how I was servicing and helping others. It wasn't about me. Like, yes, I had my own transformation, but it was fully not about me. It was about what I was doing for them. And that's an interesting lesson that's come up over and over again in business. Then whenever I've gotten away from that and it like goes to a marketing thing, it doesn't, it has not worked in my business. Mm -hmm. But when I stay focused on the end user and what's in it for them, it always works. Love that. That's cool. That's it kind of cool. reminds me of in the office. Absolutely. The sign that Nathan has, you know, we ship out product every month, but it can just be product or it can be the person that's behind the product. And the so experience, I think, yeah, the, what it's going to do for them. It's, it's, and it's uh, so easy to get, forget that. It's so easy to get it's, caught that's up. That's why in our CEO, exactly. Our CEO has a sign that says, always remember your customers pay your salary. Yep. You know, and, and we, yep. we always try to make sure that they have the best experience. You know, it's easy when you have momentum and you have this mm -hmm. great book out and, and everybody's excited about what you're doing. You're like, well, this is working. I can scale this. The hard part is when you're trying to get that momentum. You know, how are you paying your bills when you're a yeah. single mom and your house is underwater and you have this idea, you have this vision board, you know where you want to go. How do you start that little fire yeah. that's going to take off? Yeah. And I know everyone always wants like the how, but I'm going to give you, maybe it's a little woo woo, but this is, I've learned this and I remind myself of this every time I have a hardship, but okay. you have to operate from the place of stuff because as soon as you operate from the, I have nothing, I'm a failure. This is not working. Everything's terrible. You're, you have it no creativity. Failure, you're reacting. Yeah. yeah. So you, you literally have to operate like you are already living that success and operate and make decisions from that place. And it's so challenging. I'm not saying it's easy, but it does work. And you make decisions from that place because people will say things like, if I had this, I would do that. And I'm saying, okay, well, act like you have that and do that. So, like that. so you've got to do it. And that doesn't always mean it's monetary. Like it's not money, but like you have to make decisions from that place. You cannot make a, a decision from scarcity. When you do that, you're going to keep getting more of that. Mm -hmm. And I, I deal with this with clients all the time, especially with my higher end stuff. Like they, they have this story around, I can't afford or I can't this. And I'm thinking, but you have to operate from that person you're stepping into. Because that person does make different decisions and creates more success. So my advice to anyone is to just trust that process and do it. Start with that vision board and start asking yourself that question. How would the person I'm trying to become make this decision or what would they do? So I love good. it. Yeah, you got to dream it before you can do it. And in your mind, it's, it's one thing, right? I mean, I'm not saying it's easy to paint this picture and to then start acting like that person you want to become. But I understand how one could do that. What I don't understand mm -hmm. is how you did it financially. Yeah. 
So how I did it financially is logistically, I literally had to just cut back everything. And like I said, I didn't pay my, I didn't pay my mortgage. I stopped at the time. I'm not saying to go do that, but that's what I had to do at that time. Millions of Americans I, had to do that at the same time yeah, because they, the, I, there's no yeah, credit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had to let that go and I got creative. I mean, I work, I changed my body by working out at home. I was mm-hmm. eating on a budget. I was doing things like just logical things like that. But I was also like, in, like, for instance, I take my first ebook. I could have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars doing an ebook launch, or I could have done it on my Blackberry phone and a word document, <laughs> which is what I did. Running lean basically is what you're telling me. Yeah. Like I just did it. I didn't compare it to like what, and I remember people saying like, Oh, no one's going to buy that. It's like, you need to do this and that and whatever. And like, no, I didn't. And I, I even look back now, my best launches, my best product sales have always been when I just did it like that. When I've ever, when I've hired huge marketing teams and gone all out and put all kinds of money into a launch, it's never, it's never equaled what that did. So yeah, you just go, like you literally just go and someone listening. I mean, we have so many free things. You've got social media, which is free. You've got Facebook live. You can use zoom. You can use like, there's so much you could do. It's all an excuse when we say we can't do, we don't have, no, you're, you're just not wanting to make those decisions and be go gritty. Like you can do it. You can do it. It doesn't have to cost anything. Well, and we really, we live in the age of the side hustle because we have access to so many different people and consumers and platforms. And everyone says, well, you know, I I don't want to start my side hustle because I I can't put myself all into it. I'm like, no one ever goes all in from day one. It's impossible, but you can start something and get that little fire going. And then once you see it, then you can start throwing more time and energy at it. Yeah. I'm going to challenge people to really think, what are you picking as your side hustle? Because here's the thing, like if you're picking it just based on making money, yes, you're right. That's not going to work and you probably won't be excited or interested. But when you pick something you're actually truly passionate about, it doesn't feel like work and you're going to want to put more time into it. So to me, at that time, I was so interested in fitness and nutrition and mm. what I was learning that it didn't feel like work. Like I was so interested in that. So if you think about, I mean, we all have that screen time alert on our phones. I guarantee most people listening are getting alerts that they spend like 10 hours a week on just Instagram. So it's easy to shift that when you're passionate about something to start with something you're actually interested in that and what you're learning and teach that. Love it. And speaking of that, Natalie, and, you know, maximizing your days, maximizing your time, what did a day in your life look like as you're starting this? What time were you up? What were you doing? How are you, how are you doing it? Yeah. So, and that's changed over the years too. But at that time I was, I was literally, I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning. I was super depressed. So I can't remember exactly to 11 years ago, exactly how I was spending my day, but I know it was some form of me fighting, being depressed every day, looking at that vision board and saying, I don't, I'm not going to listen to my feelings right now. I'm literally going to act like the person in the vision board. That person drinks more water. That person goes for a walk. That person researches nutrition. That person works out at home. That person moves her body. That person finds other positive people and doesn't complain. Like I just had to make those decisions one decision at a time. Love that. That's cool. So you fast forward through the, you, you get out of the trough, you're, you're on this meteoric rise and I just going down the list, you know, the leveling up podcast, which I want to dig into here in a minute, yeah. the website, the books, how are you managing it all? I mean, are you building out yeah. a team simultaneously as you create all these products, you know, yeah. talk, to, so talk to us I, about scaling. Of course. Okay. So my initial way of scaling is what I would teach now. And then I, I went completely a wrong direction and I've brought it back. <laughs> so I'll give you a little, <laughs> little bit of the journey. But so initially I did all the right things. I created a product based on demand. People were asking for something. I created it. 
And I evolved from there. So like I had seven day jumpstart. It was working amazing. People now wanted workouts and they wanted to know how to do it at home, you know, with their body weight on a budget. So I created a DVD series and I made four DVDs that were all body weight. You could do at home all in 10 or 15 minutes or less. So I did that because customers asked for it. The next thing, you know, people were asking for more recipes. I made more, like as people were asking me for things, I would create. If there was a need, I would create. So it wasn't me thinking like, what's marketing? What do I, how do I make money? Like it was literally like, what are they asking for? What's next? Just give it to them. Give the people what they want. Yeah, (laughs) I love it. And it worked. And it worked. However, I had no experience running a business. I had worked in corporate and I was doing my own thing. So running a business was definitely my weakness. So I brought people on, but not the right types of people and not for the right thing. Like I didn't understand that you now what I know. So I was making amazing money. Like on the outside, it would have looked like, oh, she's doing amazing. I mean, I was, my business was doing, you know, almost $3 million a year just on digital, but my expenses were so out of control because I had hired so many people and so many of the wrong things. And I was doing 10 times the amount of work and just paying people. And I remember getting to a point where I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm literally hustling to pay people. That's how I felt. Yeah, I felt like I was hustling to pay people. For our, for our young entrepreneurs listening, you know, you talk about the difference between gross revenue and net revenue and you were grossing 3 million, but not netting any money off that. No. And that's a, that's a horrible situation for a founder to be in. No. I mean, first you take out taxes, which is going to be a huge amount, right? Yeah. Then you got, then you have like all the people you're paying, the website maintenance, the, the software that like, it got out of control. <laughs> so now I was crippled by tech. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to run a business. And I had a whole bunch of people working for me that I felt like I was working for. <laughs> like I didn't, I wasn't giving them direction and then they needed direction. So I let, would feel like I'm coming up for thing with things for them to do. And it wasn't coming from a place of being creative or answering needs. So what happened, and this is a, a similar journey to a lot of people. I've, I, this is not, I'm not unique in this with growing a startup is I started getting uh, resentful to what I was doing. I felt like I was back in corporate and I started checking out. So it was more like, okay, I'm just going to create video. I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to deal directly with the customer. Like I, I started getting further away of, from what built my brand and what built customer success before. So I didn't know what was going on as I was watching revenue drop. I kept throwing answers at it and I just watched things like literally fall apart. And um, it wasn't until about two years ago. I hit another big bottom moment in my business going, what the heck am I doing? (laughs) Like, what, what am I, this is awful. Like, I don't, I'm selling health and fitness and nutrition and I'm miserable. Like this isn't, this isn't working. So I had this whole conversation in my head about like, do I keep my business? Do I get rid of it? Do I start over? Like, what do I do? So I went on a journey of my own personal development, which was really, really key for me. Sometimes it's not about just hiring people and paying people. It's about looking at what you're causing. So I I had to get uncomfortable and look at what I had done, what the ownership I had in these mistakes, where this was coming from and fix myself. And when I did that, the next thing to follow was me literally getting rid of everyone I brought on. I kept two people. I had to really dummy down my business, like get rid of all the tech stuff, like just so I could manage it. Why do I have all these things? So dummying it down and really creating some freedom, which instantly I did by cutting uh, people working with me, uh, freedom to think and have space and get involved in the customer again. And that has been really, really amazing for me. And um, I've come back stronger than ever, but this time it's very different. I don't sell a million products. And I don't have this big, huge team or all these tech things. I've gone back to what built my business at the beginning, keeping it super simple, being really involved with the customer and being very strategic in the path I want to take them. I love that. I think the big takeaway here is that you were able to scale it back, not scale it back, but run lean again. And the only reason you were able to do it is because you had done it before. And there are entrepreneurs out there that go and raise a ton of money and skip 
you know, the first three steps and they never learn to run lean. And so when that, oh crap moment hits and they try to run around raising more money, the answer isn't necessarily just throw money at problems. It's addressing the underlying issue, which for you was you had created a business that you weren't happy at. And and in order to achieve that authenticity and achieve the kind of business that you wanted to run, you had to go back to that lean model. And I like to use the ladder analogy. We use this in track and field too sometimes, but you're going to have to hit every single rung on that ladder as you climb it. Now you can skip rungs. I mean, that's possible, but you better believe you're going to fall back down and have to hit those rungs at some time. So rather than try to skip rungs, the ladder, just take it slow and steady. And if you do that, you will recognize every single rung. So if you do take a step back or two, you're like, I've been here before. And I think it's just such a, such a more sustainable way to build a business. Yeah. I agree with you. And it, it took, I mean, it took intervention. This was not like an overnight process. I had to really, once again, drop the ego and like really look at things. Like I was so stuck on, I have to sell more. I have to sell more. I have to sell more to pay people. And it finally was like, wait a minute, what if I don't have to pay people? <laughs> like, what did that create? And it's like, I couldn't even fathom that. But once I made that decision and I had a lot of coaches, I did get a lot of coaching and help. And that's one thing I so believe in, like investing in yourself. It's not investing in a it's coach. It's investing in yourself when you hire a coach, yeah. because then that's, they're going to see things and help point things out that you're not seeing in yourself. That's a journey I went on. And I'm a huge fan of coaches and, and having the right people to not to do things for you, but to help you see what you're doing so you can make better decisions. So yeah, so I'm clear now. And what happened in that is I had to take my brand in a, um, which is hard because I've, I've lost some people, but I've gained other ones. I had to get really clear on who am I serving? Like not about, I'm not serving everybody. Like who am I helping and serving? And I'm super clear now on who I am serving and all my products and my messaging and all that is geared towards them. And I had to drop like, who does that offend? Because that's the other thing is I think as entrepreneurs or we get so many people get you have too many ideas and too many things. And then it's confusing to people. They don't know who you stand for or what you stand for. And it's having one focus, one direction that really does work. I love it. I love you talking about coaches and, and we, I have used running coaches and yeah. sports psychologists throughout my life. I, I've relied on my parents. I've relied on coach Sam, my business partner and mentor. Yeah. And I think sometimes we think, oh, it has to be an expert in this field or that field. But sometimes, you know, it can just be a friend and sometimes it can be yeah. a podcast. Totally. You know? And yeah. we talked a little bit about it earlier, but you're leveling up podcast. This, this, yeah. I feel like we all go through our own little bouts with depression or mini rock bottoms. Uh-huh. This is a chance to literally find a coach and find a story to lift you out of the deepest pit yeah. of despair. So true. Tell us about leveling up. Yeah. So that was born from my hardship. It's like seven day jumps that was born from my hardship. I wanted to know, just like I'm telling you and your listeners, how do you act as if, and how do you create everything from nothing? Because it's really challenging. Like when you've had setbacks. So I was searching for that and I would look for podcasts and books on the topic. Like, how did you create a hundred million dollars? Like I, I didn't understand how people created that from nothing. And I wasn't finding the answers I wanted in books or on other podcasts. People like I would hear somebody on a podcast, but the, the person asking the questions wasn't asking the questions I wanted to know. So I decided to start my own. So I had um, an idea and I was doing it literally for myself. I didn't care about who I was like my own therapy sessions. You know, I started reaching out to people And I said, I want to, can I interview you about how you created everything from nothing? And um, I didn't have any no's. I think like one person said no to me on the interviews. Uh, Everyone wanted to share their story about this. And it's been really, really fun for me. And it really changed me. And now I think that's why so many people love the podcast is I went deep on those questions with people. I mean, I asked, I wanted to know how someone that's making hundreds of millions of dollars that was homeless before, like, how did they do that? 
Yeah. I wanted to know, like, I interviewed uh, Janine Shepard on there, who was an Olympic athlete, and she was hit by a truck. I mean, can you imagine you're, like, training for the Olympics, and you're hit by a truck, paralyzed, told you're never going to walk again. And she retrained her brain, and is a walking paraplegic now. Wow. So, like, I wanted to know, how did people create that massive shift from nothing when, like, complete odds are stacked against them? And what's so crazy is I've done, um, you know, over 50 interviews now, and it's the same theme on everybody. It's literally like they all tell it a different way, but it's the same exact theme. And all of them, every single one of them just started with a decision and a vision, just like I talked about mm. with the vision board. Like, without just one a doubt, day they look in the mirror and they said, I'm done with this and I'm, and I'm going yeah, to script my life decision. to start today. Yeah. It's like wow. literally they had to make a decision. They declared it publicly mm. and they created a vision, whether that's a vision board or just a vision. Like they were, they, you had to know where you're going. And the example I always give, give is if you get in a car and you just start driving, like, where are you going to end up? You're going to end up in a million different, I mean, who knows where you're going to end up? What do you feel like going? How much gas is in your car? Where are your friends at? Like, who knows where you'll end up? And that's how most people operate in their life. They just go. But if you get in your car and you're like, we're all going to New York, it doesn't matter how you get there. Like some might drive to the airport. Some might drive to the train station. Some might pull out ways and drive all the way there. Some might get out of their car and hitchhike. It doesn't matter. You're all going to get to New York because you're clear you're going there. So without that vision, it's a huge missing link. And Natalie, what do you think for that person that wants vision but can't see it yet? What can they lean into to find a way to get there? Figuring that out. Like, what do they like to do? What do they not like to do? Uh, start with a vision board. It's a super simple, like to see what your eyes go to. But I like you, how have you just to pick use... the girl on the beach. You're like, I want her life. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah. What, yeah, and what does that person do? What does she eat? Yeah. What does she, when does she go to bed? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure she's not eating McDonald's, Big Macs and chocolate sundaes and sitting on the couch all day. Like I, I just, that's what my guess was. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you just start acting like it because if we just listen to our feelings every day, like we're not going to get anything done. Who feels like getting out of bed early? Who feels like eating healthy? Like you have to have a vision of what you're, why you're doing it. I love it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got so many balls in the air and you're managing them so well. Do you have room for more? Is it going all in on the podcast or is it new products? What's next coming from mm -hmm. Natalie Jill Fitness? So, yeah. So it's funny that you say that. My word this year is simplify. So I don't mm. actually feel like I have a lot of balls in the air. I've gotten very good at saying no. I'm very clear what I'm focused on. Like I, my staple, I've really, I haven't gotten rid of things. Like I, I still have seven day jumpstart. It's still in stores. I still have a digital version. I have all that stuff is still there. My DVDs, but my focus has fully shifted to like three things. I have a full body reset program, which is my um, staple program that helps people like mine. They say change your state, play on your plate, love your weight. So it's all of this. So full body reset is a big part of my focus. And then there's, I take people layers up from that, which being the, the best thing is I do retreats, live retreats for do them in small groups, 10 women at a time where they literally come hang out with me for three days. And we do three months of small group coaching. It's awesome to help them break through. I've also got my book aging in reverse, which ties into that, which hits stores this May and then my podcast. But those are like my three things. Other than that, I, it's like, I, I'm not interested. <laughs> I had to put blinders back on and yeah. no, I'm putting everything into those things and that's what works. And it's not that I won't do other things, but they usually come as partnership things now. So for instance, I'm not going to take on making more DVDs personally, but I did one with prevention this year. I'm about to do a big shoot with an app company. Like I'll do it with somebody else now, but I'm not taking that stuff on to my product line anymore. And do you think with vision, it helps to hone in on a few things? A hundred percent. Like I think it's a disaster to have too many things. And that's really how I ruined my business before I had, I mean, we had 19 eBooks, like talking about wow. confusion, my cut my, not only was everyone working for me confused, but like customers were confused. They didn't know what people want to be told what to do. They want to know did. this is what I do. 
Just make they it don't easy want to have million choices. Yeah. They like, get this, do this. And I, and I had to learn that because I really wanted to be like, oh, well, you could do this. So you could do this. So you could do that. I don't do that anymore. I ask a few questions. My team, the ones I have, I do ask a few questions. And um, then we give them, this is what you do. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. You want to be told. I love it. Well, I'll tell you what, I've got a five hour drive and I'm about to listen to every single right. episode awesome. of Leveling Up I, I can love find. Um, I love it. For our listeners that want to check you out, make sure you go check out the Leveling Up podcast. This is going to be such a great Thank inspiration. You. Yeah. Natalie Jill. Start from the beginning. I will. Start from the beginning of it. I yeah. absolutely will. Natalie Jill is on Instagram and Twitter, Natalie Jill Fit, and the website is nataliejillfitness.com. Natalie, you have got to be one of the most inspirational people I have ever talked Aww, to. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited yeah. to go start hustling now. I'm going to create my own vision board. <laughs> totally. Me awesome. too. Awesome. I love it. Yeah, this conversation's it. been so much fun, and I'm excited for our listeners just to find so much wisdom through what you said. Natalie, thank, thank you. you so much for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye. A big thank you to everyone for joining us on that episode. If you want to find out more or listen to other episodes, go to rungum.com slash podcast. Also, please make sure to subscribe on iTunes or your preferred player. I'm Nick Simmons, and you've been listening to the Run the Day podcast. Until next time.